Echoes from the Wasteland, Season 3, Episode 57, Boss Fight. Harley, what's up? Hey, not much. How are you, man? Oh, pretty good. Yeah? Chilling out in the sunshine at the moment. Yeah, I know there's a rooster kind of crowing away in the background. Yeah. At some point, yeah. the uh, the listeners will get to enjoy. <laughs> oh, you chased him away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How's the hobby going, man? What have you been working on? Uh, not too much. We work, but... um. Got a Fulgrim on the go for 30k. Oh, One yeah. of the guys up here. Yep. Um, slowly painting more Titanicus weapons. That's and a little bit of little bit of Necromunda stuff. But. Yeah, I've um, I've really been enjoying everything you've been putting up in the WA. What's our wasteland group called? WA 30k or something like that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> something like that. That'll do. Um, but yeah, it's a, a good mix of work that you guys have got coming out. Um, for the listeners who are unaware, Harley is around five hours north of Perth. Um, Perth being where Sam and myself are from originally. And I guess I would say you guys have probably got like the northern outpost of Heresy Gaming in WA. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember seeing anything that's any further north than us. So. No. And if there were, I imagine it would probably be like a, a part-time situational sort of thing. Like, you know, Bam, who was deployed to Broom, you wouldn't really say that there was a Broom scene as much as one person there. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I um, wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of guys playing out in sheds somewhere. Out mm. in the bush. That's a classic 30K element, I reckon. It's a real shed hammer kind of game. Yeah. How did yeah. you guys get started up there? Um. With 30K, it started with um, me and Sam Busby. Yep. Um, when he was still up here. Yeah. Which we'd actually, we'd looked at it for ages and ages and we're keen as, um, and it wasn't until, which I suppose a lot of people are the same, when the um, cast box dropped. Yeah, nice. That we went, went pretty hard on him. Yeah. What was your first um, Legion? Was it the Death Guard? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. still the first. Yeah, right. And the last at the moment. <laughs> well, you've kind of got like a Titan Legio in oh. both in both scales, and then did you? Yeah. I th- I swear, I'd seen you done some other thirty k work I as did, well. I did have some black shields. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was just a, that was just a small. Uh, what was that fifteen hundred points? Yeah, and then that ended up just getting sat in the cupboard for a while, so that got sold. And you've got a pretty amazing collection of Death Guard because you've got a full armored company, a full Centurion infantry kind of company. Like, are you up to about ten thousand points yet, or more? Uh, I think it's about eight thousand. Yeah, nice. And all, all enough for um, yeah, full infantry, all tanks, or all first company. I suppose you call it like all Terminators and Dreadnoughts. Yeah, nice. And they look great too, dude. I um. It was a real inspiration, the gritty kind of weathering and stuff that you did on yours for for mine as well when I did my Death Guard. I think yours set a pretty yeah. good standard locally. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. And yeah, you've got nice. the um, the Titans in both scales as well? Yeah. Yeah, so I've got uh, two Warhounds and a Reaver in 28. Yeah. And then um, the 2,000-point Manipul 4 AT. And they're both Mortis as well, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice dude. So I when did, you um, did the two warhounds and the one of the reavers are painted all up exactly the same, so 
Yeah, I love that because okay. you've, you've got the Lucius in both scales as well, right? Yep, yep. So that adds a bit of uh, potential for campaign play. Yeah, and a, a potential for a 30k epic force as well at some point. Yeah. You start yep. Death Guard in micro scale. <laughs> I did. We did um, trial up here with a couple of us um, some AT tank rules. Yeah, nice. I had a couple of um, tanks printed out for that, and yep. then stuff, um, sold them as well. Yeah, okay. And then um, eventually, I'll do some Mechanicum yep. tanks for that. Were you using them sort of as a knight equivalent, or did you go for um, custom rules, ground up sort of thing? We we based them on knights, and then kind of cut their um, stats down a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think. From memory, I think the smaller tanks had just two hull points and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And how, when you're saying smaller tanks, like how how far down the scale line did you go? Not obviously not super heavies or super heavies. Uh, we had super heavies as well, and yeah. they were pretty close to knights. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, like, we only had a couple of games trialing it, and then just it was kind of all the extra stuff is good, but. Sometimes you just want to strip it back a bit, so we stop using them eventually. I think one of the beautiful things about the AT system is the core core units and maniples. Like, there's enough. There's still. I, I feel like there's still enough to play with at the moment. Do you? Oh, you find the same? Yeah, we've been playing mostly AT. I I have anyway. Been playing mostly AT and Necromunda lately. Yeah, and every I think every time I've had a game of AT, it's been kitted out differently. Yeah, right. Nice. So, just to try different stuff. Yeah, and you might as well too if you've got the weapon variants and and different titans to swap in and out of maniples. Like, yeah, it gives you yeah, an idea nice. for what your playstyle is too. There's there's so much variety, so might well, as well use it. I put a little list together the other day, and there's like I think there's 131 stratagems now for AT. Oh yeah, I saw that. Oh dude, it's it's wild. Like I, I'm finding it hard to comprehend what's available i i go with like the basic bitch like original rule book kind of strats on most of my maniples just because it's easier to remember and i've got the cards yeah, yeah i think there's only really oh, probably five different strategies that i've used yeah yeah just, just because they're the easy ones to remember yeah yeah so so when you and Sam started off with the Kalth boxes, like how long did that take before other guys kind of started rolling in and were they existing friends or were they other gamers that kind of came across yeah, the Yeah, Before then, it was pretty heavily 40K in our club. Yeah. And as soon as we started playing with, um, once we got, well, Dario jumped in. Yeah. Um, and then once we got a couple of armies painted up, it snowballed pretty quickly. Yeah, and they got up to like eight or ten of you guys or something up there with Heresy? Yeah, nice. Yeah, we're fairly active still. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's all it's a pretty good little community. So was that part of a broader kind of gaming club then that you were you were in? Yeah, yeah. Got a gaming club up here with uh, probably about fifteen to twenty guys who come and go. Yeah, right. Cool. So I mean, that's a pretty massive representation for heresy in that style of community. Then I mean. Like if I do the equivalent, there's probably the same amount of people gaming where I am now. But I, I, th- I heard there was one guy in town that had a heresy force, but I haven't sort of seen anything of it. And then um, I 
definitely think I'm the only one with AT here. Yeah. Was it? Did you get Did you get a chance to get many um, demo games in with your two two little manipuls? Oh, uh, I haven't I haven't reached out as much yet. I kind of painted a bunch of terrain and then, um, and painted up that Solaria manipul, but I haven't. Um, yeah, I haven't really reached out. Like I, I don't know. I'm a bit of a sook. Like I, re- <laughs> I really love the. Um, I love the gaming community in WA and I know I can't really recreate that. Uh, and I, I like the broader community too. Like when I, f- I flew down to Canberra and did the active heresy games kind of met up with like all the East coast Mournival guys, you know, I mean, yeah. y- you guys are right into the Mournival as well. So it's like a specific flavor of gaming and gamer, I think. And then yeah. um, the main games group here is comprised of people who play uh, Kill Team, Warcry, and Magic the Gathering. So right. a little bit more competitive kind of. Yeah, competitive. I think competitive and potentially less creative as well. Whereas yeah. I think to get into the 30K sort of thing, you've got to be able to like, get into the setting a little bit more because, and maybe same for AT as well. Um, there's not a lot to it, so you have to have a bit more imagination. And it's yeah. not, not necessarily spelled out for you as easy as like, here is your Warcry Warband. Like, you know, it's whatever power level or however they scale it or, you know, a magic deck or whatever. It's, they're, they're quite different. Yeah. So, Yeah, I think, I think for our little group, that's um, part of what the success of 30K was. Yeah. It was that as new players were coming in, we were, we were making sure to kind of not explain to them, but like, get them into the spirit of 30k yeah right <laughs> yeah no I, I like that i think you do have to kind of you have to flex that a little bit too because if it doesn't if you don't have that attitude i think as newer people are coming in and they come to it like it's uh you know it's a 40k with a power cycle or uh you know a smaller game like well i guess magic has has a power cycle as well where each new you know each new edition of the game or new codex release it's kind of that's the way the flavor of the game goes. Whereas I think, um, yeah, there's a bit more to the, the narrative driven force selection that we've got in 30 K. Yeah. You yeah. don't, you and don't we, want people to miss that and just go, you know, what's got the best kind of power level. Yeah, I think definitely. And we're quite heavily into Centurion as well. Yeah. So that kind of helps, helps sort of like curb the meta kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think our like our meta compared to some of the stuff I've seen is quite gentle, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, every time I see a game that you guys have lined up, it's pretty sensible forces, and yeah. you know, it's it's clearly thematically designed. Yeah. Um, if anybody did want to see work, what's your you got a hobby Instagram, don't you? Farmboy Heresy. Uh, yeah. Yep. There, there you go, Farmboy Heresy on Instagram. If you want to see some <laughs> of his work. The uh, the mighty wall, north of the uh, <laughs> north of the city. Hopefully, the um, wall will be making a trip down to Perth for uh, Sam's event. So yeah, I know. I, I, s- I saw that on, and as long as WA's borders stay closed, it's probably pretty likely that you will get an event out. Hey. Yeah. 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 And that's what, a month away. Yeah. Nice. Is yeah. that going to line up with your ten day break? Ah, uh, yeah, it will. Oh, excellent. Good timing. 
yeah. So hopefully, hopefully nothing comes up. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were just we were talking before I started recording. Um, Harley's in shutdown, kind of mining, construction, repair work, and I used to be in drilling as well. And there's some pretty erratic rosters that you get involved with, hey? Yeah. 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 Or or no rosters. You just like, hey, yeah, get in the no, truck. We're like going. A, there's like a roster with two weeks' notice, and that's <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Once the other guys got involved, like did the the AT pick up with other people as well? I've seen Dario's been working on some stuff. Yeah, um, I think there's five of us that have AT. Great. Um, up here. Yeah. Um, not too many games happening apart from Dario and mine, though. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're the two kind of really active players with it. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of other other forces out there. Yeah, nice. Hiding away. No loyalists? Uh, I think the other three are all the loyalists. Oh, good one. <laughs> it was That's a bit cool. it was a bit of red on red with you guys with the Furians and Mortis the other day. You need some loyalist pigs to kill. Yeah, I know. Only 30k. <laughs> yeah. Only 30k here there's a, a big um a big lean towards trader armies. I can't I can understand why. I, I, I've never had any desire to build a loyalist force, ever. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. So, um, I, I get it. I lean that way. They're just, they're just, they're just too, too good. <laughs> yeah, too too blind as well, mate. Like, uh, yeah. you know, any of the fiction you read, it's it's always kind of suggesting that people are getting done over on both sides by the, um, by the emperor and his goons, and... It's like one crowd wants to suck it up and then keep doing the right thing in brackets, and then the other crowd kind of pushes back. So, yeah, yeah, Matt, uh, it's what makes it a good story, though. Yeah, yeah. Are you keeping up with much of the solo war stuff? Uh, I'm a bit behind. Yeah, I did read uh, Slaves to Darkness the other day. Oh, cool. So that that's got some pretty interesting insights into the. What's happening in the trader camp? Yeah, yeah. Do you audio book while you're driving around in the truck? Um, mostly ebooks, ePubs. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. So, just in between shifts. Yeah, good. Oh, that's cool. Do you take hobby away when you go back to work as well? Every t- oh, every couple of weeks I think about doing it. Yeah. And then I get out to work, and after shift I'm just naked. Stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, there's some pretty amazing, um, like, camp painters who do really well. Like, a few guys painting in their dongers and and that sort of thing. But, yeah, it's I, f- I find it's pretty tough as well. Like, after a 12-hour shift, you kind of just want to drink a beer in the shower and go to sleep. Yeah, pretty much. There's not there's not, a mu- not that much else to do out there, so. Yeah. I- have you guys still been working through the um, the setting that you created for your? Was it Perdius? Oh, yeah. Um, what was the name? Uh, sorry, Perdius. Perdius. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from that first PDF that I put up in the WA group. Yep. That was the initial um, initial background fluff for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, we did an RPG um, that 
was a bit of the background goings on. Cool. And then, um, but only the people in the RPG knew about it. Yeah. Um, and then I did another, I updated that PDF that included all of the backgrounds going on. Um, and then we had a small event. Yeah. Um, which ended up being three per side, three traders and three loyalists. Yeah, nice. Um, and that kicked off that event series. Um, and then I'm hoping that'll stretch out over a couple of years. So trying to trying to bring something like what the Eastern States guys do. I love a little corner of the wasteland. I love it, dude. I want to I want to fire shots at Perth and just be like, I'm doing it. Actually, I don't want to. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> this is what's happening in Geraldton. And if you're listening to this and you're not from Western Australia, um, Geraldton is classically known as a sleepy, crack addicted shithole. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. It's pretty, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's a. Is it a port city? Kind of. Is it a uh, no. Yeah. Yes. There's not much else here anymore. So. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, upper wheat belt, you know, pretty rural, but on the coast, like manufacturing, port city, lots and lots and lots of drug addicts. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I think it's one of the main ports for like ice and crack coming into WA as well is through yeah, Jero. I think, I think for a while here, there was the um, ice capital of WA. Yeah, there you go. And then, like, and then all of this magic, like, you guys are creating this magic up there. And I, I mean, you just, I, for me, it's amazing listening to what you just said. You know, we created a, a, um, a system and a, uh, like a spot and a campaign. And then you ran an RPG. Like, I really want to get into that in a sec as well. And then, you know, the people that were in the RPG were kind of like leaders in the narrative moving forward. And now there's physical heresy games going on. And you can kind of keep wrapping and developing everything as well. Um, You know, people really talk about narrative a lot as a way to kind of say, you know, um, I guess like calling it match play from AT, match play with a theme. But I think the level of narrative that you've got I mean, obviously, it has to be supported by a pretty committed members group. But, yeah, I mean, it takes every one of those guys to put in. And I think in a lot of communities, that's that's what's missing. But, yeah, um, I yeah. Think we're, we're looking at running one of the events, like the next stage of the narrative every six months. So there's not so much um, burnout kind of thing. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, so it's just, yeah. Like we're talking, we were all talking about it one day in one of the chat groups, and I was kind of like, "We've got a group here, and so there's a like the core group's only small, but they're pretty heavy into heresy." Yeah. I was just like, "Why? Why can't we do this?" Yeah. So, did it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it takes many people. I think it just takes it takes like a few committed people because if you rely on one person to do all of the storytelling and administration then the other guys are kind of just waiting for a ride um yeah and then they've never got the buy-in to keep it going like at some point the person who's creating unless they're really you know like that is their main hobby is developing the story and you know organizing their um the campaign then 
it, it can't be sustained for long. But the fact that you guys are all kind of into it and chipping along is is brilliant. So I think it's yeah. a good good inspiration. Yeah, and just things like after the last event, we um, asked the winning side, "What do you want to do next?" Yeah, and their their decisions kind of wrote the narrative for the next event. Yeah, nice. That that makes it easy as well. Well, that's I mean that's a huge factor in what the Mournville events is doing. I think on the east coast as well. You know, having yeah. having that approach to it too, where it's you know it's a continued storyline and. Same with the act of heresy. I see, like, actually talking about your um, your chronicles, like Hollis is the is the person to comment on it as well. And you know, Hollis kind of writing and maintaining the story for Act of Heresy. Um, you're you know you're in good company there if if guys like that are kind of getting behind what you're doing too. Yeah, well, they those guys over East were definitely the ones that um, inspired the whole thing. So yeah. And when you when you RPG'd, what was the um, what was the kind of like format? And did you use any kind of stru- structured system to it, or was it more start with, more in, uh, informal? To start with, it was very informal, like it was a uh, a bastardized version of Decurion. Yeah, nice. Um, but then that RPG because it was over about three months. Yeah. Um. Somewhere in that three months, we'd all jumped on shit with Necromunda. Yeah, cool. So by the end of it, it was we were using Necromunda rule sets. Yeah, nice. And was that was the Necromunda kind of setting also involved in the the broader? What, what was it? Sorry, was it Peridias? Uh, uh Peridias. Peridias. <laughs> no, no. I think one one of the other guys pronounced it differently as well. Yeah, okay. So, I don't know if I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you're fine. It's, it's spelt um, P-E-R-I-D-I-A-S. So, it's yeah, yeah it's called the Peridius Chronicles. Um, yeah. And you've got, yeah, as, as you said before, in the WA Horus Heresy 30K and Adeptus Titanicus group, um, you've actually linked a PDF with the, the story as well. And um, did, yeah, you, and did you end up that, updating that? I think that was the original one. I yeah. update that. Yeah, we've got the the October edition from last year. That's just the one that I'm looking looking yeah, at at the yeah, moment. That, yeah. That, yeah, that would have been the original. Yeah, nice. So is the the kind of Necromunda gameplay style set is set in the same story system as well, in a way that it interlinks with broader 30k games and narrative. Ah, uh, yeah. So there's one of the systems. One of the planets in that system was a hive world. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the RPG was set on that hive world. Yeah, nice. Cool. Is the hive still surviving? Uh, part of it did. <laughs> Hives have a very... Yeah. The, next, the next part of the, um, the story is actually going to be set in that hive. Like the next main 30k event is going to be set in that hive, so we'll see. Yeah. How much is still standing? <laughs> yeah. The kind of weapons that um that the Astartes and Mechanicum are rolling around with don't tend to mix well with hive hive living. <laughs> yeah. So I try try to um include enough enough planets and um, points of interest. 
yeah. in the um, campaign map, so you can afford to lose a couple. Yeah, exactly. So you don't completely floss the system in one go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. And is there going to be any kind of smaller scale, quarter scale element to it in the future or currently? Ah, uh, yeah. There's definitely some planned. Yeah. So. Do you that, see? That won't be till a bit later on. Do you see some ideas already in how you are going to get the two of them to interact, or is it going to be pretty loose? Just sort of see how it all fits together. I'm um, not too sure yet. We'll yeah. See, we'll see what direction the um, players want to take. I suppose. Yeah. Nice. Well, I've I've always been impressed with everything that you're doing up there, and I think, um, you know, in terms of people worldwide who have small gaming communities and you know like individual hobbyists are out there um you guys are, i feel are a really good example of you know kind of like what what could be possible as well if you get the right group of people together yeah oh definitely like this i think with bigger groups yeah it's a bit easier yeah you got just more more resources more manpower yeah sure um but with smaller groups there's absolutely nothing stopping people doing what they want to do, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you find, um, you know, if I, I look at the, you know, the outpost kind of meta and the way that we, I say we, I'm no longer there, the way that <laughs> um, the WA Horus Heresy community kind of had like a, a, a tidal sort of thing as people moved on to different systems and, you know, maybe new releases in other other games took them different ways. Do you think that that's maybe easier to manage in a smaller setting like what you've got, or um, has has something yeah, kind of been a little like, like we all play mixed games? Yeah, so there's a fair few. There's, there's probably as many playing Necromunda or interested in Necromunda as there is with 30k. Um, there's always going to be a little bit more. 40k yeah sure um except for when when 30k was in its golden years here there was probably twice as much 30k happening as 40k yeah okay um but that's kind of people come in from from what i've noticed people seem to come in as 40k players yeah and then see us guys that have been around for a bit longer playing all these specialist games and then think oh yeah try that out and it's and it's undeniably cool as well. Like I, you know, the tables that I've seen you you and the other guys have built, and then the the characters, you know, the inclusion of supplements like you know the Monival, um, the Monival book, and yeah. your own chronicle. I mean, there's a lot more like rich gaming to be had there if that's what people are interested in. Especially, you know, yeah. Necromunda as well. I think even Necromunda as a base system offers quite a lot. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think it's a really good system. Yeah. And ho- hopefully in the next month or so, we'll be kicking off a campaign for that. Have you have you had one yet? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, nice. So just sort of like, um, you know, on the spot kind of pick up games for now until yeah, everyone's yeah. all built up and ready to go. Yeah. So we've got... Probably six or seven gangs out there at the moment. Yeah, nice dude. What um then, what did you end up settling on? I've seen like a mechanic mechanic me kind of wheeled tracked dude, right? Yeah. Uh, so he's for 
the 30k Secretariat. Oh, cool. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So I'm trying when when I set out to do that, I kind of shot myself in the foot. <laughs> when I when I set out to do that army, decided every single model was going to be converted. Yeah. And it's just become such a grind now. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I think I've been working on the army for two years. Oh, jeez. But, but it was worth it in the end, I think. Yeah. Well, what was the other guy that I saw then? I saw some other kind of like mechanic, mechanic-y kind of character, I think. Uh, Unless he was for the same force. The guy with the big sword, maybe? Hmm. Um, I'm just going to have a little zap through the group. What what gang have you picked? Uh, the gang um, Chaos Cults. Oh, cool. Which I converted them from a Warcry... Box, yeah. Um, unmade. Yeah, it was unmade. Yeah, unmade gang. Yeah, nice. I think they call them. Yeah. And the the rest of the guys have any of them gone with like the you know your standard Delac, Escher, Goliath kind of setups or? Yeah, big- uh, there's a Goliath. There's an Escher. An Enforcer. Um, I don't think there's any Delac. Yeah. Um, the other ones. There's another Chaos Cultist guy who's using all um, goblins. Oh, cool, man! As a the red red gobbo um, revolution. <laughs> um, and what's the other one? Oh, there's a couple. Oh, there's a corpse grinder. Oh, right, nice. I hear, I hear yeah. they're one to be but feared. That'll be, that'll be interesting, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the number one thing I hear on all podcasts is that the corpse grinders are um, are something to be wary of. Yeah, yeah. I, we, we um we made it fairly early in the planning with this campaign to allow um like. Multiplayer games. Yep. So if somebody like the Cold Scrunch gets too far ahead, just smash them. Um, yeah, <laughs> rain them back in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. A bit of two on one bullying or like three on one bullying. Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, oh, what's the guys with the, the high tech guys? Oh, the Vansar? Yeah, Vansar. That's what the other one is. Oh, cool, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's a good mix. You've got like a nice amount of variety of gameplay styles there as well. So some like good up close, you know, bit of shooting. I guess the um, the uh, chaos, the chaos cult kind of plays pretty up close as well, don't they? But more. Yeah. Well, I've, well, he's he's made his lots of cultists with um, cheap loadouts. Yeah, and like, I've made mine fairly expensive loadouts so even between those two that's going to be fairly different gameplay yeah nice so you worked out rather well you weren't tempted by the horde then I kind of when I went into it I wanted to make all of them individual yeah so that was one of the um, my main goals so I suppose that's just how it ended up did you end up just using like one of the what are they like a 10 10 set for Warcry or something was it just you know, 10 models that you picked and went for, or have you? Uh, yeah. I think the box had nine in it. Yeah, cool. 
What was twenty nine? Some what, of them, some of them are really weird numbers. What was the base again? Was it uh, unmade? Unmade. They're the kind the of guys with like skull masks and yeah. their faces, their faces sewn on the bellies, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They've got like a. Oh, is it like an African tribe kind of look, or like a no? Maybe it's like a more Incan style. Yeah, kind of, kind of Incan. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, the the main guy's kind of like a tall, thin guy, right, with a long head kind of situation. Yeah, and and stilts. Yeah, that's Stilt it. And, um, yeah. Nice dude. That's a particularly. Um, I actually really like the Warcry models in some of them. Like the the first. Uh, I think they're amazing. Yeah, they've they're, um, they're just all of those boxes are just every single model's unique. Yeah. And they really stand out, I think, from the other I guess the other systems GW is working with now, like everything's so much more kind of palatable and generic. And yeah. they had a, a an out of place amount of character and kind of sharp edges and sinister details and stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah, it seems like the rest of the range has really been, you know, like homogenized and softened up a bit. Um, but, yeah, that'd be a sick base for a Chaos cult for sure. What are you going to do when yeah. they expand? Are you just going to get more of the same box and kind of keep converting or? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, um, the starting 1,000-point gang only uses three quarters of the models. Oh, cool. So I've got a, got a couple extra spare for um, expansion. Yeah, nice. Um, but once I've expanded past there, I don't <laughs> make that up as a go. You know that um, there's this dude, Garrow, on Facebook. He, oh, sh- he shares, like, yep. n- new stuff that comes out. Yeah. Have you – his his gangs are wild. Like, I think he makes a model for every individual weapon loadout. And then, um, and then a bunch of like reserves and stuff as well. And I think his, maybe his Goliath gang was like 40 strong or something like that of just basic of models that he could pick from to play. And then maybe the same for the enforcers as well. It almost looked like an elite kind of, um, Imperial guard unit or, a you know, a Solar Ox kind of unit as opposed to a Necromunda gang. Like, there was so many dudes there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at his Instagram right now. And yeah. yeah, he's got, like, 30 enforcers. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, you put you put those dudes in Land Raiders and you've got, like, a Survivors of the Dark Age. Um, is it Survivors of the Dark Age? Like, the Militia or something uh, like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it gives you access to land raiders, yeah. yeah, so like you, then you've got like a thirty k army, <laughs> or um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or they could be like, yeah, put them in uh, in some of the solar ox tanks, and um, yeah, roll around in Dracosans or something, and you're pretty much up on points there as well. Yeah, I ca- I could never bring myself to go that far. I think I, oh, I don't know. I think the biggest my Necromunda gang got to back in the day was probably about fifteen or something. Total. Yeah. Um, I think I think including a couple of spawn and some of the other characters. I think mine's only at about twelve or thirteen. Yeah, nice. So uh, that's that's kind of that project finished. Yeah, yeah. For now, are you thinking? Um, are you thinking spawn for these guys as well? Yeah, yeah. 
So I've got one spawn already painted up. Nice. Which is based on a, well, I think, like 20-year-old Chaos Troll. Oh, cool. And I just, I was going through, I decided one night to build a build a spawn, and then I was going through um, my bits box just seeing what I had. Yeah. And found this troll in there, and I was like, yeah, it'll work. So have you been at, at gaming for a while then, 20 years? That's a long, long bit spot. Oh, I've, I've got, oh, I've been doing about 15 years, and I've got no idea where this troll came from. <laughs> yeah, nice. Just, just found it in the box, and then... I think my my friends group, my original friends group, you, well, you know Marcus. Um, yeah. So we were like school buddies back in the day and gaming. I think there's been several times when people have quit gaming, like I'm particularly bad for it. And then like your bits box goes into the communal bits box kind of thing. And yeah. at one stage there would have been, yeah, like 20 years worth of models, you know, from like Rogue Trader era till now. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know where any of that stuff is now. It probably all just got chucked, but... Yeah. Yeah, we've got a big um, communal bits box at the club as well. Oh, that's such that's a good just, idea. And that's just, yeah, if you want something, put something in there. Yeah. Oh. So it kind of, kind of cycles through. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, people putting in like, I don't know. I imagine with 30K as well, if you've got people buying... um. Heads and shoulder pads and what's the other thing? I ended up with basically like almost entire Kalth Marines except for the legs. It was like the legs and the arms or something because I was using the backpacks, heads, torsos and shoulder pads. So (laughs) it was like I was looking at some sprues one day when I was cleaning up and it was pretty much like entire Kalth Marines. But then just the, the Mark IV legs and arms were missing. And seem like there was a real yeah. That's the the primo, the primo bits. Yeah, yeah, like a real market for those. Yeah. Have you got a printer? Ah, three D printer. Yeah. Cool. Um, one of the guys who just moved away did. That was uh, Andrew Hanginson. Yep. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's he's just moved away to Queensland. Oh, right. Um, Actually, I so, saw his travel photos. He's driving across Nullarbor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they packed up their car and his family and drove over there. Yeah. Um, and shout out to him when he's listening to this. Yeah, yeah. I think he does um, too. Yeah, shouts out. Um, yeah, he, he was our local printer for a bit. Nice. And I think one of the other guys has got one just recently. Yeah. So I haven't actually seen him for a while, so I'm not sure. You got the Lucius from Andrew then? Uh, no, that was um, a guy over east. Oh, cool. I can't remember his name. But it, was one, it was one of Andrew Hollis's mates. Oh, yeah, okay. So the same series that Hollis had printed up then. Because I think he had a Lucius Warlord and a few Hounds when I saw him at Act. Um, maybe. Yeah. Might have been the same guy that printed it. I'm not sure. Were yours done in resin or the filament? Uh, resin, I think. Oh, nice. So they're all s- smooth boys ready to paint. Yeah. yeah. Um, I needed a little bit of fixing up when I got them, but yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah. I'm super tempted, man. Like I keep, I keep seeing things and there's like, um, that dude Bronco fish 
uh, um, yep. Rudolph. He's got this whole line of terrain that he's been working on in the background that's going to be printable extensions to the Adeptus Titanicus, um, like GW oh, Civitas range. So things, yeah. things like, you know, stairs leading up to doorways, different types of walls, gun emplacements mounted in walls. Like you could just kind of chop and change the panels with existing plastic buildings. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen the stairs. I haven't seen the, the other ones. So I'm pretty sure I've seen the stairs. Yeah. It's, it's wild. And he's just teaching himself with, I think it's Tinkercad or whatever. Um, I don't really know. I feel like a bit of a, a tech tard, so I'm hoping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I just had been telling um, Andrew, "Can you print this?" And then he prints it, and I paint it. Yeah. So, what the process in between? I've got no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that. That works in a way too. Uh, there's a there's a local dude up here that um, I think it was Trent. Yeah, shouts out Trent. Uh, he printed off some stuff for me too. And I was like, I just know it has to be this big. Like it should be equivalently this long. And I kind of gave him a measurement and then he managed to scale it appropriately and printed me off a bunch of cool, like Adeptus Titanicus night weapons ages back. Um, but yeah, I'd like to kind of going from epic scale. Was it to, um, no, I think it was a custom, it was a custom print. Uh, uh, it was a custom design by a guy on Thingiverse, and he had oh, cool. um, like the Acheron Flamer and Chain Fist, yeah. and and the kit was like a perfect scale reproduction of the the twenty eight mil kit. It wasn't like a like a goofy kind of out of proportion one. So. Um, yeah, this dude printed them up in resin for me, and they were like absolutely mint. It was it was really really good, and it was like I don't know, like fifteen bucks or something. It's so wild. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, the other bonus of three D printing. Yeah, man. Like I, I think about um, there's a really good Warbringer turbo laser. Is it no, not turbo laser? Um, volcano cannon, and yeah. it's it's like as good as it could be. You know, I think if GW brings out a kit, the kit that they bring out will probably look exactly the same or potentially even worse than this one. Um, and it replaces the ammo bins with like heat sinks on the back of the, on the back of the torso as well. Um, and, and I've seen this and I'm like, I could buy another Warbringer when it comes out and have this part or <laughs> I could buy a quarter of a printer for the same price. And then, yeah, I will have this part for three or four dollars. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Hadley yeah. Hadley's gone wild as well with his. He's printing off like full African villages for Spectre and you know, tanks and vehicles and all sorts of shit. It's yeah. Madness. It'd be easy easy for that to become your hobby. Yeah. Well I I do think it's not as easy as people make out too. Like he was saying that there was a lot of trial and error error and like you said then you know it has to kind of almost become your hobby to do the printing and get it right yeah because yeah it's it's wild but i mean i'm like i'm so far away it would be handy if i had one i think at this stage yeah print up print up some mates that i can game with definitely handy (laughs) having one guy in the um (laughs) 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 definitely handy having um one guy in the group with a printer yeah yeah yeah, there was a, a group um, 
I, I think I was listening to the Varangi and Heresy podcast and they were talking about terrain. And I was saying about how game clubs used to kind of like chip in and buy an airbrush. And then everyone would share the airbrush. But now we've kind of all got our own airbrushes. Like printers are kind of that frontier for gamers now. Still a little bit expensive to acquire. You're probably not going to be using it all the time. So maybe a couple of people going in on one together. Um, yeah. All. Come down a lot in the last couple of years. So another yeah. couple of years, they might be a, a standard thing. Yeah. I mean, they're probably the equivalent pricing of an airbrush at that stage, you know, a couple hundred bucks as opposed yeah. to, you know, thousand or whatever they are still. Yeah. I need to get my airbrush out more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm still, still stuck, stuck with the old brush. Oh, really? Old, old habits. Are you brush painting everything? I've got I've got an airbrush sitting there. Yeah. And I think the most I've used it for was that Titanicus train. <laughs> Dude, so you brush painted those twenty eight mil Titans. Yeah. You're a mad dog. That oh apart from the marble on the on the river. Yeah, okay. Everything else was all brush painted. <laughs> Jeez man, you're achieving a great like like yeah, the brush marks are not visible. You don't have that kind yeah. of like yeah, um, the graininess so, to your painting. It's really nice and smooth and um, great job. Was with with those all those Death Guard vehicles, they were all, apart from the last two, yep. the base kind of coated with the airbrush, they were all by brush. Well, brush, brush, that was painful. brush base coats as well? Yeah. Damn. That was super, super painful. Dude, that's savage. <laughs> It's just layer after layer after, especially because they're, they're so light of a color. Yeah. It's just layer after layer after layer. I actually did a, what did I do? I did a, I did a little painting article, I think, for for White Dwarf or something. I don't know. It was ages ago. I think it was 2009. It was on how to paint red scorpions vehicles. And I was brush painting the yellow and the black and then the gray I was using a Tamiya gray spray paint spray paint for but that even then like it would be as soon as I knew about yeah model spray cans I was like I'm never brush painting a another tank (laughs) another tank hole again in my life yeah um yeah it's it's wild dude big commitment oh definitely I think I've gone oh sorry I was gonna say I think the next, if I ever do another project like that again, it'll definitely be airbrush. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think I started that project, the Death Guard project, I just started with the brush and then just kept going with the brush. It's hard to maintain the uniformity if you change up the process as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was the main reason for just sticking with the brush. Yeah. And I haven't haven't really taken on a project of that size since. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. I, I find I'm losing my brush skills the more airbrushing I do as well, like, or the more yeah. um, hesitation I have to, to brush an area. Um, and the type of paints I use now as well, it's not they're not that friendly to brush paint with either. Are you still using no, GW paints or have you gone to like different... Mostly, yep. mostly just because uh, our local shop here um, stocks them. Oh, cool. So that's the easiest, easiest to access. Have you got a G-Dub up there or is it a little hobby store? No, nah, it's just a little hobby shop. Yeah, nice. So, But he had a bit of a uh, 
a difference of opinion with Games Workshop the other day, so oh. he might be um, might be moving to Vallejo. Okay. What, very recently, is in the last week or so? Oh, maybe a month ago. Okay, yeah. So it might be, might be, um, might be having easy access to Vallejo soon. Nice, that'll be good. They've got good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple of guys up here that use mostly Vallejo, and they just um, get Rollstar in Perth. Yeah, sure. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, it's kind of funny for like model stuff up here. There's there's no, nothing really in Alice Springs, but there is a um, it's called Red Center Technology Partners, and it's a like I T solutions company. But then yeah. I guess because of the uh, attachment to nerds and computers, and then games related stuff, they've somehow acquired like a GW distribution for Central Australia, but. <laughs> it's it's great man because they actually get releases on release weekend and um yeah. and if you want if you want something they special order it in for you and they kind of like the pricing is really competitive it's probably better by the time it like you pay for postage or you get free postage and it gets lost in the postal system um yeah you're like you're definitely ahead going with these guys so yeah but yeah all they've got g-dub there which um I don't know. Yeah, I haven't I haven't used Games Workshop paints or anything for such a long time now. Yeah. Yeah, I think eventually I'll probably make a switch, but yeah, whilst that's still there. Yeah, exactly. To get hold of them. Well he's gotta sell sell his stock out first, right? So Yeah. You'll be able to get what you need for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and between projects or between big projects at the moment, so Yeah. The next the next big project might just start fresh from something else. Are you kind of tempted tempted by anything at the moment, or uh, are you happy to just do like smaller systems for now? Oh, it's, at the moment, it's all about the smaller systems. Yeah. All about the specialist games. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple other small things on the go, but nothing nothing major at the moment. Did you guys get tempted by any of the other kind of specialist games that are happening at the moment, like your Aeronautica's or um, Blood Bowl, or I was definitely tempted by Aeronautica. Yeah, um, and the only reason I didn't jump ship was onto that was just um, I didn't know how much playability, like repeat playability, get yeah. out of it. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of guys up here that are jumping into Blood Bowl. Oh, cool. Okay, um, which. I'm kind of tempted by, but just not completely sold on yet. Yeah. So, see how that goes. I think the the good thing with Blood Bowl, in, you know, in particular, oh, most of the specialist games really, it's such a low buy-in, and yeah, yeah. you know, well, that's that's what got me kind of interested in um, Necromunda to start with. Is that yeah. I bought that one box, and that's converted them all and then it's like a super low kind of buying cost yeah yeah and they're kind of um you know blood bowl you can ha like pretty easily have a um put a season together and have a league like uh, yeah there's a lot of good tools available for that so your ability to or, or your requirement to kind of like admin the system or create a you know like what you're doing with the the other campaign the 
um, the chronicles yeah. that you guys are working on, um, like the admin on that is reasonably high. Whereas Blood Bowl, it's just like you turn up, you play for an hour, and then that's it. Like you're you're done playing for that that round or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure those guys are um, jumping straight into a league. So. Yeah, nice. That's good. Yeah, I'm actually coincidentally painting some Blood Bowl minis at the moment because there's a there's a new edition of the game coming out and. I have some models for a buddy that he gave me like two years ago to paint for him that I had. <laughs> I, he's not fussed and was just like, oh, whenever you get to it, like, I don't care. I'll, I'll probably never play, but um, if you can paint them for me, then go for it. And uh, yeah. I pulled them out the other day and I was like, well, there's a new season coming. Like he might, he might see that and want to get into it. So I'm painting yeah. up like one of the, the re-release edition orc teams for him. Just, you know. It's like a bit of a palate cleanser for me too because I've been grinding on AT Titans for so long now. Yeah, all that trim. All that trim. <laughs> trim is life. Yeah, that's the, that's definitely the grind. <laughs> Did you find the Warbringer to be um, more excessively detailed than it needed to be? Um, I haven't actually got a Warbringer. Oh, I who's, was having a good look at, who's got the Warbringer? Dario. Dario's, Dario's, yeah. Dario's, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was having a good look at his the other day and I was pretty tempted to get one. They're pretty cool, man. Like they're no Reaver, but they're, um, it's, it's something different, you know, for like, for a pretty low investment cost, it's another, it's access to another two maniples now. So, um, and I, mate, shit. uh, I think one of the Legios can actually swap them as well. So potentially even more too, depending on who you play as. Yeah. Did you end up picking up Riser? Uh, I've got a copy of it, but not yeah. a copy. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. Everyone everyone should hopefully by now have a copy of it. Um, yeah. If you're good at typing the defense of riser.pdf into Google, I'm sure you ha- <laughs> you also have a copy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what did you reckon of the mortar spits? Um, awesome kind of hoping like when I first read that they were um, redoing mortis or reprinting mortis in there I was kind of hoping for that there might be some changes but it's just a reprint yeah so, uh, it's all good lucky we didn't solid. lucky we didn't pay too much for it wink wink <laughs> 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 no I I end up picking up a hard copy because I unfortunately started down that pathway and although the the spines kind of push me away from doing that. Every time I get a new book, I'm like, is it really worth collecting these things? They're kind of nice to have in the hand and whatever, but I think, I think the like a paper book is so much better than, um, than an e-copy. Yeah. It's nice. It is nice being able to search though. But at what point do you, um, stop buying the books? We'll keep buying the books. <laughs> well, that's like the heresy, the heresy situation. Like, I never had a black book. I would never buy a black book. Um, I'd never buy a red book because they are out of date pretty much as soon as they're printed. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Well, the red books haven't have been a lot better than um, the other game. Yeah, true. Like, I think these these red books. I've got them in front of me here. For thirty k, I've got. The Mortable book, the rule book, two red books, and that's I don't know, 95% of everything I need. 
Yeah, and there's still like the the FAQ while it was reasonably extensive when it came out, it wasn't it didn't like the Age of Darkness rulebook wasn't that out of action by it. Whereas I oh, no. I think the black books are to the point now where they're not you know, like the actual game content is completely invalid. They almost need to come out more like a storybook. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ca- campaign supplement storybook as opposed to, a, you know, here are model stats and rules and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It'd be pretty cool, actually, if they... I, I doubt that this will happen, but um, the... What's the new one called? Thramus or something like that? Uh, yeah. The Crusade? No, it's Crusade, is it? Crusade, yeah, Thramus Crusade. It's like book. Yeah, is it book nine? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, like, when book nine comes out, it'd be awesome if they just no 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 specific game rules. Like, put campaign rules and deployment situations and that kind of stuff in there by all means. But like, no mo- no model stats, no new units, no nothing, and then just have that available separately as a PDF online. Yeah. Um. um did you not see the leaked index for that? No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I've got um they've got a full another campaign system in there. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And yes. Night Lords. Yeah. And although the Night Lords looked like it was mostly independent characters. Yeah, like sure. Special characters. Yeah. Um try and find it. But yeah, yeah, it looked it looked pretty similar, um, kind of set up to the rest of the black books. Yeah, right. Well, I, like, I'm, yeah, I'm not mad at it, but it, it just if you're buying it, like you you're prepared for that to be out of date immediately, because there'll yeah, be uh, yeah. an FAQ that comes out for it, um, pretty much straight away, or should come out for it straight away, because there's always for the uh, for the Dark Angels units. Yeah, yeah, useless, useless rules straight away. <laughs> Yeah, useless all too much. Like there's there's nothing in between. It's either completely pointless or it's way over the top. The the happy medium button seemed to die with Alan Bly. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. I was um yeah. I was listening to a podcast this morning actually talking about the ninth edition forty K and they were saying like the stack of FAQs and supplements already for it is getting out of control. Like people are people are getting pretty bitter about the fact that like, I couldn't believe that they had released, I think it was like the day before or the day after, Yeah, that they dropped the rule book. There was already an FAQ for it. <laughs> you just like, <laughs> like, can you imagine like the, the type of work that you do, right? Can you imagine if you did 70% of a good job? Like what, what the ramifications of that could be? Um, yeah. Well, it's still, <laughs> if it's not a good job, if it's not all a good job, it's still a bad job. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But somehow um, the conversion from consumer to fan uh, with Games Workshop stuff has has let them kind of get away with this process of doing like, you know, a 70 to 80% of a good job all the time. Um, yeah. You know, it's like if you ask somebody to to vacuum the floor or to sweep the floor in a room and then you see like one third of the entire floor is still covered in sand and you'd be like, what about that bit over there? And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll sort that out later after release. And you're like, well, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I asked you yeah. to sweep the floor now. <laughs> There'll still be somebody in there saying, oh, look how good of a job they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
yeah, there would be someone in the sandy corner. <laughs> Just be like, oh, the sand is great. <laughs> but the crazy thing too is like an employee that you would ask to sweep a room who only does 70% of a good job. Like GW is, as that employee may be, happy to take your money at the time as well. Like they've already banked that hour's worth of pay. And, uh, yeah. you know, you've already paid them for the book, unfortunately, by the time that you realize that FAQs need to be dropping or have been dropped or are dropped immediately. Um, yeah. yeah. I think if, you, if you've been around for a little bit, you just have to, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. For it, kind of. At least with the, you know, the kind of heresy content, it's for the most part not that bad. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's one of the, um, the selling points for us um, getting people into 30K. Yeah. Is um, it's overall a fairly reasonable, stable rule set. Yeah, yep. Like a, a tack marine is still the same tack marine it was pretty much when the game started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like back to third edition or whatever. Yeah. Do you find, like, I was listening to an, another podcast at Geno52 the other day, and they've kind of put a bit of a pin in what they're doing now. Um, you know, one of the reasons that they kind of cited was just saying, you know, there's a lot of competing systems, and they quite enjoy playing the specialist games as well, like like you and I do too. But um, the divergence from, you know, s- sort of Age of Darkness rule set to 8th edition and then eighth now leaping another gap into ninth, how different, like, although we're meant to kind of draw from the same player pool, I guess, and um, company and game system overall, um, how different the games are now may be a problem in recruiting new players over from 40K in the future. Do you see yeah. Do you see anything like that happening kind of like locally for you guys? Like, did, did people go, oh, ninth is wild, like, fuck this heresy, I'm out of here, or? I, I think overall, it's good. Yeah. Um, just because there's something, like there's a different flavor for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Like we've got, we've got guys in our club who are very much still into 40K and prefer that massively. Yeah. And then there's other guys who prefer the 30K system massively. Yeah. So it just it means like if it was if there was no if it was all one system then there's not um there's not something for everybody kind of. Yeah, you're right. And I mean it, it gives people clearly kind of like a, a game mode to get after. Like you've got your um your kind of your rich, more detailed system potentially as well, like we've got. Um, yeah. with the, you know, the Age of Darkness and, rule set. And it is, it is definitely, like, everybody new who comes along to our club, they are, they come as 8th ed, 40k players or 9th ed now. Yeah. Um, that's the system that they first get introduced from whatever source. Yep. And then they come in and um, they see us playing the specialist games and give them the crack, so. It's honestly hard not to love in the way that you guys do it. And I think in the way particularly, um, you know, this whole like I have Horus mentality, fully painted is for closers, you know, fully painted events, like balled out tables, like the whole closer system. I mean, sorry, the whole citizen soldier system. Um, yeah. When you turn up to a club and 
you know, I, I know, for example, those outpost days that we used to go to where you go down to outpost and there's maybe, um, there's infinity going, there's, uh, flames of war. No. Uh, what's the other uh, bolt action, bolt action. Yeah. Bolt action going. And then there'll be like, uh, some kind of fantasy thing or whatever. And you look around and you're like, maybe the bolt action guys, the bolt action guys rock it pretty hard actually. Yeah, there was one of the tables down there that I was drooling over for a bit. Oh, that guy, that guy is like a railway, like museum quality savant. Oh, that 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 little village table. Yeah, the village oh, was I, wild. No, no idea who the guy is. Yeah, no, that table was nuts. Oh, I think that guy that makes those that those tables. I was talking to Hadley about it once, and he's like a he's like a his job is model builder for. Um, it was like for a college or for a museum. Maybe he's like the, the dude at the museum or something like that. And then he just oh, yeah. also happens to make like bolt action tables as well. And everything yeah. is hand plaster, like handmade buildings. And then they're all plaster cast and then broken down and damaged and, you know, backfilled with rubble and levels and just madness. But I mean, aside from that, I think that the main draw for, um, for people walking past is you can't deny that the heresy is the best looking shit in the room. Uh, oh, yeah. right, with mass, mass fully painted armies. Yeah. Mass fully painted armies, like balled out tables with themes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not your standard kind of club stuff. And I think you guys are particularly champions of that as well. You know, the, the terrain that I've seen you've created, you know, most recently as well for AT is, um, yeah, it's it's so inviting when you look at it. If you come in and there's some like cynical foam foam rock objects <laughs> and ninth heads being like played London, around them. London GT terrain. Yeah, GT terrain. Uh, versus versus what you guys have got going on. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely hard to ignore. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's something that we've kind of encouraged pretty hard from the start when we first started thirty K. Yeah. Was the fully painted. Yeah. Um, just it just adds so much to the game. Yeah, definitely. And it's a, it's such a great um like it's it's great that you managed to achieve that too, considering that like Centurion is the gold standard for you guys up there too, which yeah. is is I I feel a much more significant con- um like contribution to, to make a Centurion army than it is to just paint like a mixed force or even like a, an armored company or, you know, yeah, to paint yeah, the, that yes. many small dudes for a 3,000-point game. The grind through all the uh, infantry. Yeah, it's a big commitment. And even even if something's not, like people are all different skill levels of painting. Yeah. And I, I personally, I'm not um, not fast at something else. There he is. G'day, mate. <laughs> even even if something's not like what people would say are good painters. Yeah. Just just, <laughs> just painted it better. Yeah. 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 That's right. And I, like you know that I think there's no there should be no stigma attached to trying, and and I think a concerted effort is as good a paint job as someone someone who's good but doesn't paint enough or like you know for for some yeah. of the for some of the guys that just have a whole fully painted army like that that's cool i'm 
You know, I love that. <laughs> this is why you call Farm Boy Heresy. You got a rooster in the background while we're podcasting. Yeah. Are you actually got a farm up there or what? Uh, yeah, I've got a little 10-acre hobby farm. Oh, cool, dude. It keeps me busy. What sort of animals are you guys rocking? Oh, just, just uh, ducks and chickens at the moment. Yeah, okay. No no livestock then? Ah, uh, no. not yet. Yeah. Yeah, nice, dude. So, eventually we will. But. So, Sam Sam's event was looking like the 20th of September. Is that still... What it's looking uh, like? Uh, from what I know. Yeah, good stuff. So, so, hopefully a couple of us will make it down there for that. Yeah, good. Good. I had Dario come down to Perth for uh, the gaming stuff. Down here. to one of the 30k skulls, I think. Maybe two. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so. It's good that um, it's good that Sam's getting an event going again. Actually, but I yeah. think um. Him, yeah, him doing that will be good for him as well because having no wasteland this year, it's yeah, le- it a bit of a bummer. Yeah, I've never actually made it down there. Oh, it's every time. I think the closest I got was about seven hundred k's away out in the bush. Yeah, right. Yeah, what down in down near the border or something? Um, yeah, yeah, down near um, Warsham. Norseman. Norseman, yeah. Yeah. That's right on the border, eh? Uh, I think it's still a couple of hours away, but pretty close. It's on the it's on the last stretch of road to, to the border. Yeah. That was our last little point of WA before we drove over here. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's the uh, being there, being stuck out there was the closest I ever got to it. <laughs> is um is something like that a possibility for you guys up there or you feel like that's that's not really on the cards to uh, to put on a have, kind of camp out we have been, we have considered it yeah um but i think i'd like this community to be a little bit bigger yeah sure um before we made that jump yeah um just so there's a bit more um a bit more core, I suppose, yeah. before running a larger group like that. That that said, uh, I think Sam only had, you know, maybe like five to six at best, probably down there. Because um, right. it was like the two, yeah, yeah, two, three, four, maybe four guys. I don't know, yeah. like, yeah, Jai, John, um, there weren't really that many guys down there, I don't think, that were pretty active in heresy as well as, um, yeah, like ge- geared up to play on that level as well. I think it was yeah. most, mostly just Sammy by himself kind of wanting to actually have people come down. Um, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe like consider it again. Yeah. Especially now that, now that if Wasteland's no more. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I guess it could be, but yeah, he's obviously not down there. So, um, it's probably harder to organize too, if you're like planning everybody to drive, four hours south rather than have like a, a point of contact there that's getting was that, it done. He was, was he talking about at one stage having it just outside of Perth? Yeah, I think like up the hill in, you know, Northern or something like that, you know, could have worked yeah. out. Um, even where they are in, you know, where him and like Hadley and Bam live in Caversham, it's, um, 
it's kind of right on the fringe of the city anyway, and there's you know, there's a big hall there, and I, th I imagine that that's potentially where you'll have the event in or next month um, for AT. Yeah. Might be out there instead of at one of the game clubs because it seemed like that community hall out there was stacked, and then they all have enough terrain to kind of run it without a club anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll definitely definitely consider it. Yeah, nice dude. Well, if you do, keep us abreast. Like it's it's definitely something like I'd I'd like to kind of keep on with the podcast again now. And um, you know, while I'm a little bit further away too, I guess like my home gaming group is still WA, so Yeah, um, I suppose where where you are is kind of part of the wasteland. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm it's just definitely like, definitely not definitely not part of the uh the green eastern states. No, no. <laughs> well they're all burnt out now or or diseased yeah. out <laughs> I managed to get down to Adelaide the other day but I, I was going to catch up with Chris but I didn't get enough time to kind of like line up a game properly or even even just a hang like it was a bit of a whirlwind trip but um, those South Australia boys they had come across full wasteland hadn't they yeah yeah so Gilbo came across um, I think Frankie was going to come across later but um, he ended up going over to Japan instead um, yeah, it's, it's, I think they, there were maybe eight of them that headed east as well. So when Ryan and I kind of came from, I, I guess, WA's contingent or whatever to the active heresy back in Jan, like they had a huge like troop of people from SA come over. Um, yeah. and their events are getting up around like 35 people now and, and that sort of thing. So the heresy, heresy scene down there is pretty pumping still. Yeah. I did see some photos from one of their one of the South Australian events, and they look pretty damn good as well. Yeah, yeah, they um kind of like you as well. They they build great terrain for their for their games and stuff. So you know, like everything, like there's really good painters there. The models look great. Um, people come over from over east, and then they have like pretty good tables as well. Um, the yeah. table the tables that they took east were awesome as well. Like the oil rig. Ended up winning like best yeah. best table for the weekend, so they've got a huge wall table and yeah, a bunch of other stuff. Heaps good heresy. They do heaps good heresy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think that um that oil rig table. I think that actually got shared in one of our chats the other day. Oh, cool, nice. Um, just randomly from one of the um the newer heresy players. Oh, really? He's like, hey, check this out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, ah, ha, ha, young one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all these new things he's discovered. I think that was designed and and laser cut in SA as well, so it's like a real South Australian table that one. Yeah, yeah, and they were um, yeah, the great great crew those SA guys. I'm hoping to meet some um, Darwin crew soon. Actually, I'm heading up to Darwin next month at the start, and it looks like I've lined up a couple of AT games to happen up there, cool. which would be good. How, how far away is that? I'm right in the middle, so either way I go, it's um, fifteen hundred k's. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so it's it's not too bad. Like I'm gonna drive up on Thursday and get there on Friday. Like I'll just sleep out on the way up, and yeah, um, uh, yeah it's it's pretty it's even pretty achievable to drive it in one one stretch as well because we've got like one thirty speed limits, and then there's some sections where you might not see any cars for two hundred k's or whatever. So you can just go kind of approximately as fast as is safe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can get, get there a bit quicker, which is good. Yeah. 
but yeah, I'm jealous. So hopefully, um, hopefully the AT event. I've got to like prod Sam in the group actually and make sure he's still moving forward with that and keeping everyone updated. Yeah, that's actually pretty pretty soon now. That's only a month away. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his last post about it was fortnight ago, maybe. Yeah. I've got to get him back on to chat, actually. I, I know he'd been kind of a little bit out of action for a while, so I've left him to it. But, um, yeah, definitely be good to get an update as well for you guys leading into it. And, you know, hopefully yeah. there's a little bit of story to create. And what what type of mana pool are you going to bring down? Uh, probably just Axiom. Yeah, nice. Just the basic one. Yeah. I was... Um, was playing around with a couple other ones, but we can't quite get them to um, work for the points. Okay. So, did he uh, suggest at a certain points level yet, or not really? Um, I I asked him separately. Yeah. Like, messaged him, and he said probably sixteen hundred. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what we've been practicing lately. Yeah. Nice. That's a a Mournival driven Aussie standard. I think is the sixteen hundred. Yeah. Um, Tom Tom Gould feels the the game is strong there. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's before um, before I'd asked him that we had been playing around about fifteen hundred anyway. Oh yeah. Cool. So that kind of, that kind of worked well for us. Yeah. So. Well, I think the idea with the sixteen hundred is you can actually get most you can get most core maniples in the book to run at a certain level and, and some of those maniples as well. Obviously with their like the new all warlord one warbringer kind of maniple that's never gonna fit. But um you can get yeah. like a full Ferox in there or uh I, th- I imagine you could get a full Axiom, probably. Uh I think I've got Yeah, you yeah, should you should be able to. Yeah, mine, yeah mine's filled out. Yeah. Cause like um Tom had a full Regia Maniple at the Act as well, so a Warlord and three Warhounds. So that's a pretty much the same cost as a full Axiom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think in my, in my case it's the um, lack of models as well. Yeah. I, have you just got the those five <laughs> five then from the Axiom? Five plus one extra Reaver. Oh, cool. Okay. So, yeah. So in 1,000-point games, I've been playing around with Corsair Maniples. Yeah, nice. So they, a bit different. They um they do work really well. You can always go yeah. go support as well. So even if you did have a Corsair of three, then you could just run run the rest of them. <laughs> you, you could run the rest of them as support titans after that and then you could kind of run whatever you wanted in that that base configuration of three. Yeah. And things like a um like a Warlord and a Warbringer kind of aren't too bad as support titans anyway. I've got a feeling that's what um, Dario's looking at running. Yeah, okay. It's a maniple with a support Warbringer. Yep. We were talking the other day on the engine kill. Maybe it was, it might not have been on the actual podcast, but um, that's probably where the war, Warbringer works best anyway. It's yep. um, in the... There's, is there only two maniples so far that it's in? Yeah, as as a core, like as a core yeah. choice. Um, and I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to play Arcus the other day, which is the one with the 
uh, Warbringer and the Warhounds, and I just couldn't couldn't really get it to line up. Like it wasn't, I don't know. It seemed like a bit of like a bit opposed to itself as well. The types of units. Oh yeah, yeah, and like ma- completely opposite playstyles. Yeah, yeah, and maybe the um, the actual type of loadout I had on the Warbringer as well, because he's sort of restricted to that quake cannon at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, maybe if you were shooting a Bellicosa volcano cannon through buildings, like that might be something a bit different to deal with. Yeah. But yeah, the Warhounds kind of... I suppose it um, depends what sort of terrain you're using as well. Yeah. Like I think on my mountain board, it probably worked pretty good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, because your mountain is huge. Like the um, the actual mountain you've got in, in the center is probably the size of the huge apocalypse template, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's two of them. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're about that big and about 12 inches high, both of them. <laughs> nice. So, uh, nice, nice big line of sight blocking. Yeah, that's like, that's classic uh, Warbringer territory, I reckon. Yeah. You barrage that shit. Hey, um, I might have to wrap it there, man. Sorry, I've got to get to coaching, but um, thanks, thanks for finally coming on. Like, I, I do believe this is a as true and as good a boss fight as we have ever had. Like, you are, you are, in my opinion, one of the um, like one of the best and most uh, dedicated hobbyists and one of the best kind of group contributors we've got in in that WA thirty k group. And uh, what you guys have managed to achieve up in Geraldton, um, despite the adverse conditions of the ice, ice capital of Australia. <laughs> have, um, it's really... Got to fly, fly the druggos off every Friday night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, try not to get stabbed on the way back to the car with your model case. But <laughs> it's, um, it's really inspiring, dude. And I, I think it's, uh, it's a huge contribution to like the vibe of that group and, and WA and like a really good example for smaller gaming communities as well. So... Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks for coming on, oh, dude. Oh, no worries. Any anything to help keep this podcast going? Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. well, we're we're back on. This is not one you can listen to because you'll hear your voice and flip out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what the hell is this? Yeah, what have I done? But uh, yeah, like um, I'm definitely keen to keep going with it. And uh, and thanks for kind of coming on after a bit of a hiatus as well. So, um, yeah. you got anything you want to plug or shout out or? Oh, shout out to the whole Joey group. It definitely helped me keep my uh, hobby boner going. Yeah, nice. So, and yeah. All right, cool, man. Well, no worries, dude. Thanks again. And, um, and yeah, we'll record again soon. Thanks. See ya. No worries. Thanks.